Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I'm gonna oh, welcome to the Bacon Smiles Podcast. That's right, episode 77. Um, yeah. As always, I'm Steve Patera, joined by my good friend Evan who is John Mumford, who is messing with chords as I'm pointing, and <laughs> which is working really good for a podcast audio. <laughs> Starting off straight, starting to pantomime for yeah. the listeners, doing the Vogue. Yeah, I've All done right. that a few times on radio. It works out really, really well. Take a look at this. <laughs> yeah, so. It's been about three weeks since our last podcast. Brett was with us our last podcast. So he is now at a seminary. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. We wish uh, Brett many blessings yeah. on his journey. And uh, some of you have already started school already, mm-hmm. my friends who are teachers and the youth that are students <laughs> have uh, started their school. School years, yeah, since we last met, so that's it's big, big. Uh, so we're gonna go over the fact that our years are about to begin at our respective programs, and uh, then we got a pretty cool story in music that'll Absolutely. lead into, um, you know what what's coming out in music and that kind of stuff too. Uh, saint Rosalia is our saint of the day. Kind of bold, moving saint, which is really awesome. Yeah, you know. And then uh, our scripture of the day is Luke four, thirty-eight through forty-four. So that's cool. Very good. And then uh, you got news of the weird. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's cool. A good one. So let's get into it. So uh, September has mm-hmm. come. Did you do anything for Labor Day? So Labor Day was very laid back, actually, so it was, it was great. We went up to the beach with my family on uh, Saturday, just hung out at the beach all day, and then uh, Saturday, Sunday, we, uh, we hung out, watched some TV, just very laid back, and then Sunday, did a little bit of walking, I'm sorry, Monday, getting all my days mixed up for the three days, three day weekend, <laughs> headphone jack, this is going great, but uh, Monday I went for a walk, ran into you and Zoe, yeah, at, yeah, uh, rails to trails in Vernon, yeah, so yeah, Mike's great. talking about that as well, hitting up the bike trails, yeah, let's do it, Mike, yeah, I've been doing every Monday, I've been doing either eight or nine mile walks with Zoe. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's great. And she loves being outside. So mm-hmm. her being in the stroller for that long, because it's not like I'm, I'm not running, I'm walking. Right. So it takes about three hours. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a long time. I mean, yeah. that's a long time for a toddler to be sitting but she, you know, eats some snacks and yeah. watches all the people running. And she goes, running, running. <laughs> and it's just great. It really is awesome. She really loves to uh, go out there. And uh, I don't know if I could make it to Willimantic, Mike. <laughs> uh, Mike wants to ride to Willimantic, which is a really nice ride on the yeah. rails of trails. But, yeah, I... Okay, so I think I told the story of Block Island on the podcast mm-hmm. where my bike broke down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much of a rider, but uh, I can walk very far. Okay, very good. <laughs> uh, but it's really great. Yeah, so it was awesome seeing you yeah. out there as well. And uh, just a really, really cool, you know, four-mile marker 
was a memorial bench for Marty Fagan, who I was uh, good friends with his son growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cindy Fagan uh, it, it played a huge role in my high school years of getting me through them. <laughs> so uh, as I always say, God blessed me with many mothers in my life. Yeah. And uh, his uh, wife, Cindy Fagan, was one of them. <laughs> so I needed lots of help. Very good. <laughs> so it was really, that's a really awesome, like, halfway point for an eight-mile walk mm-hmm. uh, was uh, Marty Fagan's uh, memorial bench. So that was really cool. Uh, we went to... Um, our friend Stephen Michelle's house for yeah. Labor Day uh, cookout and stuff like that. Their son Jackson is Eva and I, uh, godson. Nice. So it's really cool seeing him grow up and everything like that. Their oldest son, Marshall, had his first day of kindergarten nice. this week. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, just a lot like of tears here, for the parents. Yeah, I'm sure. just a lot of changes. You know, we're getting older. Yeah. Well, I was just telling you a couple minutes ago, my little sister just started her first year of senior year. I know. Yeah. First day of senior year. And first year of senior year. year. So yeah. Hopefully, yeah. it's the hopefully only one. It's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a little bit of a problem if, my, if there's more. It was my second freshman year. Yeah. <laughs> Teachers liked me so much they had me back. <laughs> Yeah, so I it's crazy to think about. Number one, it's also crazy to think about how long it's been since I was in high school. Yeah. You know, graduating in 2002. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, funny story. We were cleaning out some of the closet space at church, mm-hmm. and I ended up Snapchatting a picture to my sister because it was a picture of you in high school. Oh, goodness. So you had a white <laughs> T-shirt on, baseball cap, built pulled sideways and you got you know your big <laughs> smile on your face and I sent that to Katie and she sent me back oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah some good memories yeah yeah no yeah I was uh, much different looking at that time a lot less of a beard didn't have one at all mm-hmm. <laughs> and I weighed a few LBs less than I do right now <laughs> just a couple but no so our um, our our calendars are about to start yeah. with youth ministry. And um, so when does your, like, youth groups, because as the new so, youth minister, yes. you're in charge of youth groups. So we are going to be doing a open youth group for parents and teens at the end of the month. So September 29th, we're having parent-teen night. And then afterwards, anyone who wants to stick around can stick around. We'll do games with parents and teens. That's cool. And then our first middle school youth group will be uh, Saturday, October 12th. And then high school will be the next day, Sunday, October 13th. And so hopefully by everybody coming on the 29th, they'll have a chance to get a little taste of what it's like. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, we'll be running some uh, promos for it on Facebook and on our website, too. Some promotionals? Yeah. Have some coupons? Some coupons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, some, <laughs> some coupons. Yeah, I... Um... I start this Sunday. I have my first, like, meeting with my... Mm-hmm. Uh, my confirmation candidates okay. and parents for like the logistical meeting where it's like yeah. go over the calendar and find any like scheduling conflicts and, and stuff like that get a parent volunteer to come to every class and every youth mm-hmm. group and uh, kind of go over everything and the uh, just kind of get get a gauge for the parents and the right. and the 
teens, you know, the young people that are going to be in my class and try to get the best way to contact them and the best way to just really be able to get the parents involved and stuff like that, too, because that's what's important is involving the whole family, you know, Mm -hmm. to to reach our young people, to build their faith up and build that relationship with Christ is like it, it you can't do it just seeing them once maybe twice a month it, you need to just have be a part of it you mm-hmm. know and have that outlet of fun in youth groups and also the learning like understanding our faith that is confirmation class which is I try to make that as fun as possible too because I don't want it to be terrible either. Right. <laughs> so of, this is your first group getting confirmed, or you've had a group Yeah, no, this will be the first group that I have uh, taught two years that are getting confirmed this uh, October. Right. October 20th at the cathedral is my confirmation date. And so that... Um, Seven of my kids will be confirmed. Um, very small uh, class, but yeah. I'm still doing it two years, but I'm rotating in and out. So my group will um, still have a pretty similar number to like the mm. 12 or 13 that I had uh, last year because, you know, I'm bringing in new ninth graders to go with my 10th graders this year. And I'm doing more of like an A and B year uh, of confirmation curriculum that I I kind of am borrowing from a lot of different places that uh, kind of just built over the years that I've been doing it and just knowing what works and just also evolving though because our young people are much different now than they were 15 years ago when I started teaching confirmation with Mikey Mike (laughs) Uh, it's it's you know and your wife was in our class (laughs) yeah she talks about that all the time she goes it's so weird he's like really good friends with us and he used to be my teacher weird to go from that one role to another well, that's the thing is, and I was also very young for a confirmation mm-hmm. teacher, and it was uh, amazing to have someone like Mike who had been teaching yeah. uh, in confirmation from when I was in the program. Like, it was it was almost that same age difference where, you know, I was 21, uh, you know, that's, I think, right around the same age Mike was when he was volunteering yeah. with youth groups and uh, confirmation classes and then when he came, you know, to teach and, and stuff like that. So it was like that same age difference between me and him as it was between, like, Jen and I. Yeah. You know, that, but that still be able to build those uh, relationships and help connect young people to God. You know, Absolutely. God p- played such a huge role in my life mm-hmm. uh, turning me from a terrible human being uh, to not that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just that that role that um, you know someone like Mike could play in in my journey to being a youth minister and and having that to be able to pull from all those things that really have helped shape me, but then to also know that I need to evolve. Right. And be able to change that curriculum and pull from new resources and and reach out to other youth ministers and say, hey, are you running into this? Are you running into that? And evolving myself as well. Mm-hmm. You and I have had a conversation, uh, I think, a lot of times um, 
not on the podcast. And if, if I've said this on the podcast, I apologize. I don't remember bringing it up. That over the years, I realized something where um, our young people have changed. And mm-hmm. the, the way that they react to things is different than the way that I did mm-hmm. growing up. And the way that my parents raised me is different than yeah. most. You know, And everyone is, is different. And when I first was teaching confirmation, there wasn't a lot of, like, um, debate in in everything when you asked a young person to go do something. And I found it really hard when I would ask, say, like, you know, five years into teaching, when I'd ask a young person, oh, could you run down the hall, go to the supply closet, grab this for me? I, I found it really difficult when... They'd be like, why? Why are you asking me? Why can't you ask somebody yeah. else? And, you know, no, 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 I'm doing something. It's like, but I just asked you. Why can't you just yeah. go do it? What it took me a long time to realize, and um, Brett was actually one of the people that helped me realize it, because Brett is a really good kid and always has been a really good kid. But when he was in high school, asking him to do something was like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. And everything was like an extra five minutes of discussion rather than just go do it. Yeah. Right? And he would openly admit that. And I feel like I'm not oversharing anything. <laughs> uh, but it took that interaction with him to realize that he's not meaning to be disrespectful. Right. And that I needed to change my approach because I was taking it as him being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But he was not intending it that way. And to understand that it was kind of culturally young people needed a better reason than... Because I told you so. I told you so. Right. And it was having to kind of evolve into that, Mm -hmm. you know, and just saying, like, you just got to say, like, hey, could you do me a huge favor? Can you go down there and grab that for me? I'd really appreciate it. Coming at it from that perspective of, like, hey, I need you to do me a favor... Yeah. And just know that I am I do appreciate that you're going to do something for me. Right. And when you which I always did, I always appreciated someone going to get something for me or helping me run something like a game or activity or whatever. I always appreciated it, but I wasn't always like forward with that, you know, saying it out loud, right. making sure that they felt appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's just a yeah. different thing that's happened. Have you noticed anything like I've, that? I've noticed that too. And I've we have this uh, team of peer ministers that I'm really excited about. And whenever I'm interacting with them, a lot of times I'm just reminding them, hey, I'm grateful for you guys, you know, because yeah. they're going to be able to reach our teens in a way that I won't be able to, first yeah. of all. But also just the fact that they want to be there yeah, is really exciting for me. Uh, going to what you were talking about, about the whole asking someone to do something and getting that resistance. Mm. I've, I've run into that the last two years. I wouldn't say it's been uh, going on for a while, but I've definitely felt that cultural shift within the last two to three years. Mm. And just trying to adapt to that and kind of go, all right, well, this is a challenge that I'm going to have to adjust to. Yeah. I had one kid who we were doing a service project, and we were in the parish hall preparing some food for a, for a shelter. Mm. And everyone's doing different tasks, and thankfully Jen was there so she could help in the kitchen. She's a very, very good cook. 
and knows her way around the kitchen really well. Yeah. For me, that's where I struggle. So I'm like, Jen, what do you want me to do? <laughs> You're in charge of that. Yeah, that's And great. meanwhile, everything else, I can delegate with that and say, hey, can you work on this? You see a few people off to the side chatting. Yeah. Hey, can you guys hold that conversation for now? Do something over here. And there was one kid who was off to the side, and he was on his phone. Mm. And he was just earbuds in, tuning everything out. And I walked over, and it was not okay with me, obviously. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, of course. so I was like, hey, can you, can you put this away? And he started giving me a lot of attitude. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, as, as your teacher, I am asking you to do this. He's, and he's giving me all sorts of attitude and says, well, they're all, I saw them on their phones, and he didn't do anything about that. So mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. all right, fair enough. Well, I'm asking you right now to do it. So finally I got a big huff. He put it away, walked mm. off. And then later on I pulled him off the side, you know, to acknowledge. And I yeah. said, I wasn't targeting you. I noticed the other people that were that were on their phones. As soon as I was done talking to you and you went off to do your thing, I went over to talk to, with them too. Yeah. Just to make sure that he was fully aware. Uh, yeah, I get, I get that. Certain situations, I feel like it doesn't merit more right. discussion, but I do appreciate what, you, what you're doing there where it's like he's trying to deflect, right? right? But to also acknowledge like, no, I'm not singling you out. Well, right. actually, I kind of am because you're the only one who's off in the corner with your earbuds right. in. So, right. yeah. <laughs> but we ended up having a better yeah. discussion after that. We, yeah. we hugged it out, and he said that, you know, how much he did enjoy the class. Well, that's everything. great. That's awesome. So it was, I was once he was able to get all that attitude mm-hmm. out of his system, he was, we well, were able to have a better It's the discussion. immediate defensive when you, you have to try to alleviate some of that immediate... Um, defense because right. here's the thing he knows he's not supposed to be on his phone right yeah. and he knows that he's doing something wrong and he's going to just try to give you attitude and push buttons and to see how far you'll let it go right mm-hmm. and then when you call him out on it they the immediate reaction is to try to deflect right right so and leave so, me alone yeah exactly it's like oh no no they're on their phone so i can be on mine it's like no, actually, no one's allowed to be on your phone. So, yeah, once I'm done talking with you, we'll go talk with them. Absolutely. That's that's a, yeah. a good way to handle it. It's, it's <laughs> just funny because they will just try to see how far they can go. Right. And like I said, it, it, it in certain aspects, sometimes it, some kids are going to be disrespectful yeah. and just try to see what they can get away with. And um, I'm pretty good at, like, reading that out because I yeah. was a terrible teenager and so like I knew I know what manipulation looks like I know what trying to get ahead of being in trouble looks like and stuff like that and I've seen that all through the years where it's like you know you you talk to a young person and you're like hey I know you've been doing this mm-hmm. um, and it really should stop it's not the greatest of behavior you need to just try to do that and then before I can even like call home and let it be known what's going on I get a phone call mm-hmm. with the young person's spin of what happened I was like oh well I was actually just about to call you because here's what's <laughs> going on and it's just you know the young person is trying to get ahead of it like yeah. oh I got in trouble today I better tell my parents what right. happened type of deal and you know that happens that's part of being a, a youth minister and it's also part of being youth is trying to yeah figure out what what's going on what you know what can you get away with right um 
But that being said, like I, I just think that having to evolve and see the way that our young people are growing and just understanding that um, our young people are, are wanting to be just more kept uh, like aware of why decisions are being made than really like ever before, right. I think, of just wanting to be wanting to feel valued and mm-hmm. uh, have input in a in the sense where it's like, I guess it used to just be implied that yeah. things were appreciated, and now it can't be. You mm-hmm. have to say, like, no, I appreciate your help. I really do. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, which is easy. That's simple. We yeah. should be doing that anyway. But the reminder of, like, well, they're just looking for a little validation of why you're asking them to do something right. or why they should put their phone away mm-hmm. um, because no one ever, you know, told them not to have it out. Right. Because that's the other thing, too, is if you just always just assume that they know they shouldn't have their phone, mm-hmm. that's not a great way to approach it either. Like, no. from my perspective, is like, come on, you know you shouldn't have your phone out. Why? Right. Like, why can't they I have them out of school? Yeah. No, exactly. And then it's just like, well, you're not really paying attention to what we're doing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> right. So it's one of those things. But, um, yeah, no, so I, I just, I'm excited for the new year ahead. And yeah. it's just one of those little tangents I get going on where <laughs> yeah. I think about how different it was then yeah. to now. And anyone out there who listens to this, who teaches confirmation class or youth has, you know, experience within youth ministry, probably can relate to that. Or, you know, is like, oh, I never really thought of it that way. And that's what we're trying to do and trying to help out with. But we got a pretty awesome story in music yeah, that we want so to get to. This was, and you said you heard about it on K-Love, too. Absolutely. But this was a story about a man by the name of Danny Holmes, and I'm not seeing where this is uh, located, but it's here in the United States. He mm-hmm. was in prison for and being charged for murdering someone back in 2016. And he was in prison, didn't want to be in prison. His court case was coming up. And uh, ended up discovering Big Daddy Weave's song "Redeemed," which is an awesome song. It is. If you don't, if you don't know that song, you might want to pause this podcast, right. look it up on Spotify, listen yeah. to it, then hit play on the podcast. Because right. let me tell you, it's an awesome song. If you haven't heard it, then you really want to hear it to know what we're talking about. So we'll pause here for a second. You're back. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> so uh, so he was, he was in prison. He had a lawyer. And leading up to the trial, he started to change a little bit. And the lawyer's starting to notice this, where he's, he's acting differently. His, his um, attitude is different. He ended up, he had long braids. He cut his hair. He cleaned up his appearance. Mm. And he had apparently found the lyrics to Big Daddy Weave's song, Redeemed, had been reading on them a lot. Mm. And the lyrics talk about feeling uh, bound and shackled by the past, but finding freedom in a faithful God. Yeah. And uh, he ended up talking to his lawyer and saying right before the case, I'm going to confess. You know, what I did was wrong. I deserved my sentence. He didn't want to be in prison. Yeah. But, you know, looking at the consequences of what he did, he ended up saying, I, I need to confess to what I did. And um, if I am sentenced to life in prison... I'm going to use my time in, pri- in prison to witness to the other 
yeah, people in jail and just let them know about the freedom they can find in their faith too and, and through confession. Yeah, it's just that the ability to be free of that burden. Yeah. And uh, I've talked about that a lot with any sinful behavior is you feel weighed down. You feel like you can't ever get out from under it. Um, so I have no idea what that burden would feel like when it is murder. Right. And uh, to understand the gravity of that decision and wanting, you know, to be redeemed. Right. Uh, the, and the fact that it, in open court he explained what happened, what he did, and he begged the family for forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, not in leniency, right. but just in... I'm so sorry for what I did, and I hope that one day you could ever forgive me. Right. And he begged for forgiveness from his own mother, who was also there. And just, it was just, you know, I'm so sorry for what I've done. And just to know, like, he's like, but with God's love, I have found, like, redemption. Right. And confessing what I've done and asking for forgiveness you know, God will still love me. Right. And I was listening to a morning show where they had the lawyer mm-hmm. on with them just talking about the case. And the morning DJ said, I know it's it's a little silly to ask in a situation like this, but at any point when he was telling you that he was thinking about confessing, were you like, well, well hold on, let's see if we can, you know, work something out so we can get a better deal for you or, or whatever. Um, and the lawyer ended up saying, not really, he said, because as a lawyer, I do want what's best for my client. But at mm. the same time, as a Christian, I want what's best for my client's soul. Yeah. And seeing this transformation that he went through over the last couple of years, where he went from living extravagantly, had a lot of cars, had a lot of nice watches, and just, you know, being, living for money and, and what it could come with, yeah. to humility and asking for forgiveness and acknowledging acknowledging what he did wrong. Yeah. He said, I knew this was the right move for him. Yeah, and it's it's funny, you know, that the in a kind of an ironic sense with the lawyer saying, like, no, I'm actually just more worried about his soul mm-hmm. than thinking about like, oh well let, hold on, don't confess. Let's see what right. kind of deal they're willing to make. It's like no, it's kind of more important to yeah. let him confess to this and mm-hmm. see what happens, you know? Right. And, that, and the other big thing to me was um, when asked about it, Big Daddy Weave, the band, just said, um, as a band and the songs that we write, um, when we hear these stories, we cannot take credit for it. Right. That only God, only Jesus can make change through these songs. Mm-hmm. Like these God, these songs are all glory to God and God will use them as he sees fit. And so think about how many times you've been riding in a car and you hear the right song or the oh, right yeah. thing. And, and those are the stories that you hear on K-Love, you know. Yeah. Um, Have you had moments where you don't like a song, but then you hear it at <laughs> yeah. the right time? And you're like, yeah. You hear it in a whole new way, and you're like, wow. Absolutely. Yeah, and that is that is what I love about the vast different genres of Christian music is there's really, really upbeat, 
Mm-hmm. There's low meditation, mm-hmm. simple, slow acoustic guitar, singer songwriter. There's angry metal. <laughs> Still don't really get it. No. Eva loves it. Yeah. She's a, she thousand, likes foot a thousand foot cr- crutch. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's lots of ways to uh, glorify God yeah. through music and. Just thinking about how many different songs and blasting Christian music, even even back in high school with Mikey Mike, yeah. uh, you know, pulling into a parking lot a little faster than I should have been, <laughs> uh, blaring, you know, just Christian music. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just you know, just a little bit of uh, oh, what was what was a big song back then. Uh, was it I Want to Know You by Sonic Flood? I mean, that's probably a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, just, you know, um, our life song. Um, Who's that, that by? Casting Crowns. That's it. Um, but yeah, so it's just thinking about how many times where it's like, ah, oh, this, is, I love this song. Yeah. You know, and man, I'm, it, the funny thing is, is like how many times you heard a song and be like, man, I need to be better. <laughs> <sighs> I need to pray more. You know what was cool for me? A couple of years ago, this was right after K-Love came into our market. Yeah. I was at a gas station here in Manchester, and the next pump over, I heard this woman singing in Spanish, but I knew from the tune she was singing Whom Shall I Fear by Chris Tyler. Oh, yeah. Nice. And so That's awesome. Run, so it probably freaked her out. I started singing along in English. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just got really quiet. And I was like, oh, who, who's singing? Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, there's just, there's so much out there. And uh, thinking about the power of that, you know, that moment when he just hears, I am redeemed. Yeah. And it's just like, that song is very powerful. So now the band's going to visit him at his jail cell at some point wow. and just talk with him. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be cool. So speaking of Big Daddy Weave, yeah. <laughs> a week from uh, this Friday, they're coming out with a new project called When the Light Comes. And Hannah Kerr also has an EP coming out called Listen More. And then the following Friday, Jeremy Camp's new project, this, The Story's Not Over, comes out. And uh, William McDowell also has a project called The Cry, a live worship experience, releases as well. Awesome. So we'll go into our saint of the day. Okay. Saint of the day is Saint Rosalia. She was kind of born into prosperity and gave up all of her earthly possessions when she turned her life over to God. And when I say turn her life over to God, I mean she literally left home and decided to live alone in a cave where she wrote on the walls, I am Rosalia, daughter of Cinnabod, Lord of the Roses, and... I uh, leave my abode to be with the Lord. Something along those lines. Like, I'm giving up everything I have to yeah. just live with God. And there have been uh, many uh, miracles attributed to her. 
Uh, many uh, have claimed to see her after her death. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool story to think about. And it's also one of those things where it's like, could I give up everything? Yeah. Like, everything. Yeah. To go live in a cave. Because I feel like that's what I'm called to do. That's where God... I need to just live in constant relationship with God mm. by myself. <laughs> with him. Writing things <laughs> on the walls. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty amazing to think about that someone yeah. would give up everything. Yeah. You know, not someone who lived a impoverished life either, you know? And I think it's harder now today, too, considering all the things that are out there. You know, so back then they didn't stuff. have TV. Radio. They didn't have Facebook Live. CDs, Facebook Live, <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. No, it's just, it's it's a, it's amazing to think about. Just give up everything. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Amen. Bibble, Bibble. time? Bibble. Bibble time. Luke 4. Okay. Luke 4, 38 through 44. After Jesus left the synagogue, he entered the house of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was afflicted with a severe fever, and they interceded with him about her. He stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and waited on them. At sunset, all who had people sick with various diseases brought them to him. He laid hands on each of them and cured them. And demons also came out from many, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus left and went to a deserted place. The crowds went looking for him, and when they came to him, they tried to prevent him from leaving them. But he said to them, To the other towns also I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God, because for this purpose I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So pretty epic Mm -hmm. miracles. And, uh, you know, Forcing demons out of people and just curing. And people, of course, are like, no, 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 no. You stay here. We need you. Don't don't leave us. We need you right here. Yeah. And he's like, I I have to go. Mm -hmm. I have to go. I have to go show others that the kingdom of God awaits. Mm. That's why I'm here. I know it's really cool that I can just be like, (laughs) you're cured. Yeah. That was me snapping my fingers for you audio listeners. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was just cracking his toes. <laughs> I can do that. Oh. <laughs> Someone is grossed out right now. <laughs> but no, so in, in, it's just this amazing thing where he's just like, come on, I, uh, I need to go mm-hmm. and continue to share the the truth that the kingdom of God awaits all who believe in me. I can't stay here and only help you. 
I need to help as many as I can. And I need to show them that God loves them. And it's like, yeah, of course, as people were like, no, 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 we kind of need you. Just stay right here. Yeah. You know, like, just to just keep them close. Right. Not want to share them with anyone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I can't, I couldn't imagine if uh, he was just going to leave and not come back, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, what that fear would have been like, you know. To just really think about, like, oh, no, we just definitely witnessed a pretty amazing miracle. Yeah. And now, now he wants to leave? <laughs> no, 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 we don't want that. That's not okay. He can't just go. Right. <laughs> um, because this was definitely when, you know, people were first starting to, like, realize what was mm-hmm. going on. And that's why he didn't want the the demons like coming out and just being like proclaiming he is who he is he Mm -hmm. wanted you know people to kind of find out on their own at least that's what I get from it yeah I've I've had times too thinking about this you know and the the people wanting Jesus to stay Mm -hmm. where I've I've been at mass and I just don't want to leave at the end you know just because you feel all that peace and you're like I just I just want to stay here but at the same time you're like but I can't stay here. I need to be able to carry what I gained out of today's mass. Yes. To to my family, to my peers, my friends. Yep. And that's where it's just like, you know, you can't you can't just keep it all to yourself. Hide it in a bushel basket, right? If you will. Exactly. <laughs> we talked about that in my in my class. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing too, and um, like you, I think you brought it up. You brought it up recently. Um, someone brought it up recently, where it's like they heard a, a, a stubborn atheist or whatever, you, like someone who is atheist, and they're not ashamed of saying that they're atheists, yeah. saying that they. They don't have a problem with Christians because he believes that they're, you know, in their hearts, they're trying to share really great news Mm -hmm. that if if eternal life was out there for the taking, wouldn't you want to share that with others? He's like, I have problem with Christians who don't. Right. He's like, yeah, as someone who doesn't who doesn't believe. Right. I don't I don't get mad at Christians for sharing what they believe. I get mad at fake Christians who don't right. want to share. He said, how doing. much disdain do you have for <laughs> yeah, someone? Yeah, that's what it is. It's not fake not, Christians. It's right. Like, how much disdain do you have for someone if you're not going to tell them about heaven? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, he's, he's like, I don't even believe in heaven, but if you're not going to share that... Right. <laughs> What's that say about you? Yeah. So, uh, it's just, it's, pr- it's a pretty awesome gospel that um, I'm really happy we got to share today. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, what about something else? News, we're news share a little weird. So this story is coming to us from Florida, as you would expect. Florida man. <laughs> it's not about a Florida man, actually. This one is about a storm that came through South Florida. It's not the hurricane that's coming through. Hope everyone's safe. But um, you know those rules that parents tell you during a storm where they're like, don't use a corded landline, don't have a TV on, don't do this, do that, yeah. or that. Yeah. So there was one I didn't think about, and apparently some families talk about it, and it's don't use the bathroom 
Like, you know, don't shower, but don't use the bathroom during a thunderstorm. Okay. And this revelation came true because this homeowner was was home during a thunderstorm, and all of a sudden in their bathroom, they heard this huge explosion. Turns out a lightning strike hit their septic tank, traveled through the piping, and blew up their toilet. <laughs> Get out of here. That's... <laughs> so blew up their toilet. No one was... So someone who owns A1 Affordable Plumbing said this is probably the first time in history something like this has happened. I don't know. Have you ever seen Ace Ventura Pet Detective? I have not. If but I, I had know been you drink- quote it often. <laughs> if I had been drinking from the toilet, I may have been killed. <laughs> but now the lesson is learned. When there's yeah. a thunderstorm and you have a septic tank, stay away from the bathroom. <laughs> Hey Jackie, Dude. welcome, welcome to the live stream. Do not go in there. <laughs> well, those of you who are listening to the audio know that that sound means it's time to wrap up the podcast. What a great moment to end on. It's Ventura coming out of the bathroom. The butt of all jokes. <laughs> um, but as always, thanks so much, everyone. Uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> we really do. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for all the support. Always hit us up Instagram, Facebook, email Steve at Making Smiles. Uh, .org. Really, really appreciate everyone. Uh, you got anything? Have a great week and God bless. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Keep smiling. God bless.